Hi, and welcome to the Use Your Powers for Good podcast. I'm your host, Carolyn Ophamozell, and I'm so glad that you're here. This is a show to inspire leaders, managers, and supervisors to use your powers for good to put more kindness into the world. Today's guest, I'm so excited, is Ebony Adams Monk. Ebony is a leader, inspirer, author, and teacher who works with women leaders, especially seasoned middle and executive leaders who are overworked, mindlessly going with the flow, are experiencing burnout and have lost their connection to their joy of leading. But Ebony is no stranger to the Use Your Powers for Good podcast. She was on last year about um, talking about getting your joy back for leading. But today she is here to talk about her book, Leading Wise. And it is a collection of corporate, of, of inspirational reflections for corporate leaders. And as you can see, Ebony, I have read and I have all my little markers here. Um, so Ebony, welcome. We are so glad that you, you're here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Yes. So first, give us a glimpse of your background and what led you to write Leading Wise. Sure. Well, I am, like many of your listeners, someone who has been working in corporate America for quite a long time. Um, and 28 years, I believe it is, 25 years with my current company. And um, I'm an engineer by degree. And I was, my parents taught me at a very young age that education was important. So I got that degree, but they also told me that hard work was important. So I went into the workplace. I did what most of the people in my family did, which is get up, go to work every day, come home, and then you repeat do the same thing every day and weekends were just to clean up the house and relax, right? <laughs> and then start over on Mondays. Yeah. And I did that for a very long period of time. I have noticed from early on in my career that I was the one that people in my company looked to um, for the honest truth and also look to to guide other people and be a leader. So no matter what position I was in, even from the very entry level positions, that's the role that, that I played. Over time, what I noticed is that I had other parts of me that wanted needed to be expressed. Um, I love African culture, I love music, I love people. And what I noticed is a lot of people in the corporate world tended to focus on work and maybe they had a hobby, but they hadn't practiced it in a long time. Um, they longed to do things with their family, but there simply wasn't enough time to do those things. And over time, what I noticed is people began to lose interest in a lot of the things that really brought them to life. Mm -hmm. And so what I began to do is, I started, continued doing a lot of reading, I'm a big reader, read a lot in college, continued to go to all those cultural events that I loved. And what I noticed from the early days of my career is that those activities actually gave me life. They actually fueled me and gave me more energy, not only in my personal life, but also at work. And over time, after spending time with several cultural communities and elders in those communities, 
I began to learn more about myself and I began to transfer that knowledge into my work. And that is the reason, that's the journey of how this book came to be. I didn't actually realize that the book that I ended up writing was the book that I was going to write. Um, all of these lessons that I had learned, all of the inspirations and, and bits of wisdom that I've learned from different people along my journey just seemed to flood into my brain as I sat down to write this book. And I realized that the book that a lot of people need is a book that is inspirational mm -hmm. and that gives them space and permission to let themselves be authentic, even at work. Yeah, and a lot of times we think um, we can't be authentic at work. I, I know in a lot of my coaching, I um, I ask my clients, I say, you know, are you, is this, you know, work Carolyn or home Carolyn? And, you know, you need to like merge the two because it can get exhausting being having a work Carolyn and a, a home Carolyn, because you know at some point that one of them is you know going to show themselves, especially if you are very different in one of the one or the other. So I love that. I love that. So so I know that like this book it has a a, a journey. It felt like I was on a journey um, based on how the sections were written. Uh, or organized because you took us from um, reflecting to power to purpose to community to tradition and then um, culminating with a leader affirmation and I loved that I felt like I was on this journey and um, and I so I am I love this too because I am not a I love to read and I love to learn through reading, but I don't like like thick books. I just, I feel like, like, like you said, you know, we all feel like we don't have enough time. And I feel like when I sit down and it's a thick book, I don't have enough time. Already I've done that. But this was mm -hmm. very um, consumable and very easy to read. And even to the point where I think, you know, you, you, you will, you could, well, you'll go back and want to, you know, apply it and see the sections that resonated with you as you were going through your work and life. So tell me a little bit about like how the sections kind of laid out for you. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and it was purposeful to make a book that was small enough to put into a, a work bag or a purse. Mm -hmm. And also recognizing that as a leader, many times we don't have a lot of time to read and so having something that literally you could open to any page of this book and you can read um, a saying or affirmation and then a very short explanation um, it was purposely meant to be reflective to let the reader go where they needed to go yeah. so my philosophy is that everyone's journey is their own mm -hmm. and everyone's journey is different so while I have had many leaders that I have read about their journeys, their stories, 
listen to the information that they have to share with me, ultimately, I have to integrate that information and then figure out how it fits in my life, depending on whatever is going on. And that whatever is going on changes. We all go through cycles. So, So the book was really meant to help people, leaders, think about and reflect on their leadership in the context of the what I call an indigenous framework. So when I step back and I think about the traditional communities that I've been a part of in, in the book, I talk about um, a community that I'm a part of in Bahia, uh, Brazil. And it is a tradition and community where the women are the leaders. They are well-respected. They are very, very wise. They undergo years and years of training in order to not only fortify themselves, but also to lead a community of people. Many people come to them because they're having issues in their life um, that need resolution. And these women um, have learned, I've watched them pull from the wisdom that they have, wisdom that has been passed down over generations to help people, to guide them, to give them hope um, in their lives. So when I step back and I think about the different communities I've been a part of, they all had four things that were pretty similar, right? And they all talk about power. Um, as leaders, how do we how do we use our power? Um, in in the West, it has a, an interesting context, a different context than it does in indigenous traditional communities. And I watch these women and how they display their power and not abuse their power and to actually see their power as being a sacred thing. So I knew I had to talk about power in, in many ways. Um, that's where things begin. When we uh, become leaders, we have more power. We're guiding people on our teams and making decisions about people's livelihood, which impacts their families and their life outside of work. Um, In order to understand power, you have to understand purpose. So that's where purpose comes in. Um, In all things, there is a purpose. That's what I've heard my elders say. Everything has a purpose. And in the book, I preface this section with one of my teachers, um, Iyalarisha Masia. Um, We call her Iyamasia or Masia de Ogun. And she is in Brazil. And she talks about how everyone needs to understand what their purpose is so that they can be clear about what they should be doing in the world, what their mission is and how they can do it, Um, which leads to community. When I think about community, most of us think about the community in which we live. I think about the African-American community. I think about the community of engineers, the community of mothers, single mothers, all these different communities that I'm a part of. And the goal of community is to support each other, to feed and nurture each other, and also to hold us accountable. And what I realized is that we don't always view our companies as a community. And what if we were to overlay the context of 
of, of a traditional indigenous community on top of our companies, mm -hmm. what would that mean for our relationships in the companies? What would it mean for us as leaders and how we relate to the people that report to us, our peers, um, and even the executive teams or people who are, we report into? It, it, it provides a different framework. Um, and, and then finally, tradition, right? Tradition is about um, how we keep the community alive. Um, what are all, what is, what are the values that we pass um, throughout, throughout the community? There is a relationship, a really powerful relationship between these four fundamental concepts that I thought was critical to include in, in the book. And, and then finally, the reflection piece that you talked about at the end, the affirmations is important. It's an integration piece, right? It says, okay, you've made your way through this book. Now you have, a, now I'm challenging you, right? Yeah. But your soul is challenging you actually to, to now say, I've read this. I've taken a few things away from this. Now, how do I seed it and live it in my life every day? the indigenous framework piece. So is, are you saying that that is the, the combination of those concepts or tell you, can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I have an affinity toward lots of indigenous culture. So when I say I love culture, that's a part of what I mean. And I've spent um, a lot of time with Native American um, elders here in, in the United States. Um, and also elders in, in Brazil who have kept the West African traditions alive. And what I have noticed is that there, in our modern society, sometimes we tend to forget that there are some fundamental principles about living. And we're all into the iPhone and we're on Zoom meetings, right? And there's so much noise, everything is so fast, and we don't always take time to just sit back and really just think about and reflect on our lives, right? Those deep questions, why are we here? Um, how did we get here, right? How, how, how did you think about the United States today? How did we become so polarized? All of these different questions. And when I was in college, I had many, many questions. and. I was guided toward indigenous cultures to get insight and wisdom regarding many of the questions that I had. And so in spending time with them, listening, you know, always one of my favorite images is sitting at the feet of the elders, sitting at the feet of the grandmothers, right? You don't have to go to Brazil to do that. We do it in our own communities. Right. We go to our grandparents' house and we go and we sit and we listen to them talk about their lives. And they give us so much wisdom, whether they're telling the story or they're fussing at us, they are giving us wisdom for us to use. Mm -hmm. For us, and, and in that wisdom is the ability for us to, to live it and also to pass it on to other people. And to me, that is the power of indigenous communities. They are very aware that there is a sacredness to life that is important, 
that we are here um, not for just by chance. We're here for a reason. And they are very adept. The communities that I've been a part of have been very adept at helping to shape people and mold them in a way that is aligned with the reason why they're here. It's a very, very powerful thing. And it is a, a powerful way to live life, knowing that life is teaching us these everyday experiences that, that we live even at work, that they're actually here to help us, to, to teach us. Um, I remember many of my friends when I was growing up, many of them had opportunities to go to India and go to the ashrams for months at a time or go to Hawaii and other places to learn from the elders. I was working mm -hmm. and I had two weeks of vacation or, you know, eventually three, four weeks of vacation. Going to those places for months at a time was something that I longed to do was also something that my elders in those communities told me, your time is coming. You continue to do what you're doing. It was very, it was communicated to me that working in the context in which I was working was important. Now I see why. Yeah. Because now there, because I've been able to learn and realize that all those years that I was working and I thought I was missing out on all the lessons, all the ceremonies, all of the, you know, vision quests, all of those things. What I realized is that I was getting a lot of the lessons that I could have received in those spaces at work. Because work was challenging. Work was not something, you know, how many of, the, of us get up and we say, I really don't feel like going, but it pays the bills, right? And we have to relate to people that we probably would not outside of a work setting. Right. But we have to work with these people and be productive in the process. Um, and work really brings out a lot of our humanity. If we let it, it can make us very vulnerable. How many times have you, your listeners, gone home and just cried <laughs> after a day of work? <laughs> right? <laughs> Sacred communities, ceremonies, initiations, they, they shape us. And it's not easy. It's not glamorous. It's hard. It forces us to, to see our lives in a different perspective. Work does the same thing. And so what I learned is I got to a point where I thought, oh my goodness, I'm using this lesson from my elder in a meeting at work. Or I've actually shifted my perspective about someone that I work with or about how I approach my, my leadership, my leadership style. And it's because of the things that I've learned and my willingness to to commit to learning this wisdom from these communities. So those communities for me, they're there for a reason. They're there as a guide. Um, our communities today are born of those ancient indigenous communities. That wisdom lives on. And I don't believe that it lives on um, just to be in a museum, right? It lives on for us to do something with it. I agree. You know, and it made me reflect on my my journey of entrepreneurship over the last year and a half. 
in all of the communities that I have connected to and all of like the great people I met like you and you know just all the people from all over the world that you know I had the opportunity to cross paths with and so community well cross paths with and be supported by you know people mm-hmm. that you know you would not traditionally think that you would go to for support you know we just all showed up as humans and that community of support and accountability was there you know no matter where we were from so i love um i love you made me rethink how you know community has impacted my journey over the last couple of years so thank you for that and that is why you missed out on all of those things so that you can read that and have (laughs) our conversation today so thank you (laughs) of course (laughs) yes So how do you, um, how do you suggest leaders use your book to like carve out their own space for leading wise? So I would say, you know, I talk about reflection, right? Inspirational reflection. So there are two things. I want leaders to be inspired and I want them to reflect. And I guess the third is I want them to lead, right? Those three things. And my suggestion for the book is um, I've noticed that people do one of two things. They either read it very quickly because it is very consumable, like you mentioned, or they read it very slowly. No matter how you start, I suggest going through each of the pages slowly. So give it a quick read, um, let it kind of get into you a little bit, and then put it down. And I encourage everyone to spend some time at some point during the day, it might be weekly, um, it may be monthly, depending on what's going on in your workplace and in your life. Be intentional about being in reflection. So part of this book is about cultivating an inner culture of reflection and introspection take time out to think to feel into your work and many of us don't do that we take our degrees we take our information and our experience and we show up and my ask of everyone is to actually pause for a moment and and determine how to bring your full self into that your soul self into that So my suggestion, a couple of suggestions I would have is in the morning, just stop and take five minutes and just breathe. Close your eyes and just breathe. Um, And then one really quick way might be, depending on on if there's a particular chapter that resonates with you, or if you just want to pick a random page or just read the pages in order. Um, So I just turned to page 42 and it says, every purpose is sacred. Sacred is our journey. Like truth flowing in ancient rivers, it is all life. I could close the book and I could close my eyes and just reflect on that passage. Every purpose is sacred. So I'm going into work today and my purpose is sacred. And so is everyone else's purpose that I come across 
during my workday. They have a sacred purpose. So when you close your eyes and you just breathe into that and are intentional about wanting to honor your own sacred purpose and that of everyone else, that puts us into a completely different frame of mind when we walk into the that office door. That is, true. that is part of what I want people to do. It's It doesn't have to be uh, you know, a year long um, retreat or sabbatical where, you know, you're digging into all of this in a really intense way. It's really simple. It's about asking questions about how we lead yeah. and how we want to show up and how we relate to other people. Another suggestion is um, some days I'm, I'm very busy. And so there are affirmations at the end of the book. So similarly to what I said, you could read an affirmation, close your eyes and just affirm that. You could write it down. A lot of people journal. So you could write that affirmation out, um, write it out 10 times, write it out 21 times, 30 times. Um, and then that becomes your affirmation for the day of the week or even the month if you wanna work on that. You could also record the affirmations in your own voice. It's very powerful. Um, just read a couple of the affirmations recorded and in the morning when you're getting ready for work and you're running around the house and changing clothes two or three times like I did in the morning. Um, you can actually play the affirmation so that you're hearing it as you're moving, it doesn't take anything extra. Many times we say we just don't have time. You have time to press play and just to have that loop playing as you're getting ready to start your day. Um, those, are, those are some suggestions for just everyday ways to, to use the book. No, I love that so much. And, and by the way, I totally manifested you talking about purpose because I wrote that word down and I, because I wanted to just highlight the fact that a lot of people, especially, you know, going through this pandemic have really started to reflect on what their purpose is um, in life and, you know, and, and, and in work and in their families. And so I totally manifested that. So I'm happy that you selected that to read, but I am, I, I totally um, love the recording of the affirmations because I, you know, you, you have that, you don't have to, especially if you do it on your phone, you don't have to go to a journal, you know, that you may have left at home and all that. You just have that, um, um, to reflect on when you need it. So I love that so much. So thank you for that. So I have uh, my final question, which I asked you, um, I asked you at the your last year um, podcast interview, but things change and, you know, we all evolve. <laughs> so how do you put more kindness into the world? Other than this yeah. book. This is like other than my book. Okay, <laughs> other than my book. Um, well, you can add that if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting more kindness into the world by supporting two, two things I'll say. One is internal, the other is a bit external. Um, first, internally, by honoring my worth mm -hmm. and, and being very intentional about everything that I do, everything that I accept, request, um, ask for, 
making sure that it is aligned with my worth, which is ultimately aligned with, with my purpose. And in doing that, the reason why that is so important is because I make decisions and put out and show up in the world in a way that just inherently fills me with joy because I'm doing things that are aligned with my worth. And in doing that, the second way that I put my kindness into the world is by mentoring and supporting other leaders. And what I have learned is that my ability to be vulnerable, to put something like this book out into the world that is so different, many people would say, um, unorthodox, um, that what it is actually doing is attracting people to me who resonate with this message of leading in a, a purposeful and powerful way. And I'm able to share my experiences with them so that they can then share it with other people by the way that they work, lead, live, um, and it becomes a part of their own fabric that becomes just very easy for other people to see, but also for them to share. No, that is awesome. And, you know, it, it made me think of like how I keep coming back to you because I, I can talk to you all day long, all day yes. <laughs> And, um, but I love that. I love that so much. So thank you for putting your kindness into the world in that way because it will transcend you know for all of those who are listening to this and all of those who are going to go out and get the book um let's see am I doing? okay there we go go out and get the book um you will you know because i feel like what i learned from it i will pass that on to other leaders that i mentor and coach and in conversations that I have. So, you know, you you have put your legacy in your book and into the world. And what I always say is, you know, when you're a leader, you are leaving a legacy, whether you intend to or not, you know, you are, you know, so you, you have to decide what that is going to be um, and the, the trail that you are going to lead when people ask, you know, what did Ebony do in the world? What did Carolyn do in the world? So I love that so much. So tell everyone how they can get a copy of your book, Leading Wise. Yeah, so you can head over to Indie Books or Amazon.com. Um, if you'd like a signed copy, you can go to my website um, and sign up to receive a, a signed copy. And, I, and there's more information there about how to do that. Oh, I didn't do that. <laughs> all right okay we gotta figure that one out um okay yes so great go over um to those sources and get your copy again it's an easy read and it's a very reflective read and i'm all as everyone knows about some self-awareness and emotional intelligence and that first especially that first pillar of emotional intelligence of self-awareness and this will be a great um, aid in helping you to have those reflections to be more self-aware and um, oh it's awesome it's awesome 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 so I'm not going to talk all day with you because as I said <laughs> I could keep going so is there anything else that you want us to know are you do doing anything else um, 
in the world that we would be able to share in. So let us know. If not, then we will go and get your book. Sure. I mean, a couple of things. You can always head over to my YouTube page. I always have um, mindfulness or meditation videos. They're quick. They're one minute long. It's just to say, take a break from your day. After that really tough meeting or right before lunch, take at the end of the day, take a break. Beautiful nature scenes. It's a good way to, to disconnect um, a bit. And the other thing is, um, if you go to my website, sign up for my email list. I'm going to be offering some uh, retreats for leaders that are focused on the principles of my book. Um, and the last thing I would just leave everyone with is um, asking the question, how will you lead? How do you want to lead? How will you lead? Awesome. Ebony, again, thank you so much for being here and for joining us and bringing us all of your wisdom and helping us to, to, to learn to lead wise. And until next time, I want to thank everyone for being here. And I want you to be better today than yesterday and be better tomorrow than today. Bye for now. <laughs>